Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Bodine. And I'm Isabel Robles. So, Seth, I'm curious. If, do you have a hobby that you think you could turn into a business? Actually, coincidentally, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I like to make zines, and which are just kind of like little pamphlets, like do-it-yourself books with like art in them, and you can like give them away. But it's part of this kind of like the self publishing do it yourself so these pamphlets they're like teaching people how to do like crap like what are they well they can really be about anything they can be a literary uh, zine they're basically if you think of them as like miniature magazines oh and you just use all you need is a printer and creativity and you can make like an instruction manual or a little poetry book or I see what you're saying yeah that's cool nice that's very cool never heard of that before the more you know always learning at speaking started (laughs) should we get started yeah we should first we'll hear about this week's headlines then we'll hear more about the idea of turning hobbies or passions into a business which applies to one of our stories this week then I'll share my interview with Adam Arredondo He's the executive director of the Kansas City Startup Foundation. I talked to him about a recent report that came out that has details about Kansas City businesses that gained venture funding. And lastly, of course, you will get our digits, the numbers that matter in startup news. But first, the headlines. The Gateway to Innovation Conference announced it is donating a total of $330,000 to 23 St. Louis schools and nonprofits. The annual conference focuses on IT in St. Louis. Launch Code and St. Louis Community College were among the recipients. Bunker Labs, a networking group for veteran entrepreneurs, will be opening up a location in Kansas City. Bunker Labs focuses on fostering ideas, serving as an incubator, and promoting growth. It's a national organization with regional locations, and one of those locations is in Kansas City. Others include St. Louis, Dallas, and Las Vegas. The official launch will be in November. Hatchback, a St. Louis company that makes marketing software, has merged with a Los Angeles-based company called Benchmark. The combined companies will go under the name Benchmark and have locations in both St. Louis and Los Angeles. Hatchback's CEO and co-founder Jonathan Herrick will take on the role as Benchmark's CEO. Sickweather, a Kansas City-based startup which received funding from the Sprint Accelerator, will see new leadership. Laurel Edelman will take over as CEO for Graham Dodge, a serial entrepreneur who is moving to the East Coast to lead a tech incubator. Edelman was previously the chief revenue officer for the startup, which is an app that forecasts illnesses. So, Isabel, can you tell me a little bit about the recent event you went to? Yeah, so last week, The Loop, which is a community improvement district in Columbia, hosted a Maker Fair. The Loop is a neighborhood located near the I-70 business loop in Columbia with various businesses encompassed within it. Organizers are focusing on community development there through business promotions and events. Interesting. So what's a Maker Faire and how does it relate to entrepreneurship? 
Yeah, so maker fairs have become a popular way to showcase innovation in different crafting-like skills, like bag or jewelry making or tech innovation, for example. These skills can create small-scale entrepreneurship, whether it's running a company on an Instagram account or finding different ways to utilize crocheting and various products, these hobbies can really blossom into businesses. So having the fairs serves as a great starting point for these kinds of entrepreneurs. Exactly. Maker fairs can be a physical space for their businesses to gain traction. That is according to the Loop Executive Director, Carrie Gartner. Here's that story. I'm Elsie Graybaugh. I am from Columbia, Missouri, and I go to Hickman High School. So about three years ago, I started selling slime. My brother and I were making it because it was like the trend and it was really fun. And then he was done. He didn't want to do it anymore. So I started making scrunchies. I wanted to sell more than slime, and I thought that scrunchies would be like an easy thing to start doing, and then it just took off. <laughs> I sell slime and scrunchies at two local stores in Columbia. You can find them at Poppy and Plume, and I sell them on Etsy as well. I get to meet a lot of people through it, and a lot of like really empowering and successful women in Columbia, and it's really cool. So I'm Carrie Gartner. I'm the executive director of The Loop. We are in charge of all the urban planning, economic development, and marketing for the Business Loop. And so um, I and my board and, and our events coordinator, Ray Adams, uh, work to put together things like this, the, the pop-up park and the Maker's Fair. Everyone knows that the Business Loop is not the, the best looking of streets. So we have a 10-year improvement plan to really beautify and improve the street. One of the first projects they um, in our plan was to transform this vacant lot into a park because there's no public space on the street. And now we're making sure we have events in it. And now we're having a maker fair. We like to support local businesses. We like to support these kind of makers and artisans. Our street is full of a lot of um, do-it-yourself places, home improvement places, fix-it places. So it really fits the vibe of the street. We are also one of six communities in the nation to receive a grant to really um, identify and encourage local uh, small-scale manufacturers as a way to revitalize the street. So we love that there are local makers and we love that they're so different. Um, I also like the fact there's a lot of women-owned businesses. Um, uh, I like to see that. Oftentimes there's high, bigger hurdles for women. Um, so we're very pleased to see that. Everything's handmade and all my own original designs. Straight from my brain. <laughs> I'm Phaedra Kenning and I'm a designer slash entrepreneur slash crocheter slash mom, wife, all that. <laughs> uh, last year I uh, started working mostly on hats. I had a few people ask me to make them some hats and so I kind of came up with a design on my own. And when I started doing craft shows and people started buying my stuff, I thought, well, you know, maybe I've got something. So and then I started talking with marketers and website designers and... Um, when I started feeling their, their uh, support in what I do, in my designs, then I, I knew I had something pretty solid. Now, um, it's, it's 
gone 360 where I, I come up with an idea, I make a few patterns, I make a few test hats or test products, um, and then I send it off to, I type it up, send it off to somebody who proofreads it, calls a tech editor, uh, it comes back to me and I fix all the errors. Then I find people who volunteer to do the pattern for me. And once I get their feedback, I tweak it a little bit more, do up a blog post, and put it up on the store. So it's more than just yarn and hooks in time on the couch. <laughs> So, Seth, who did you interview this week? I spoke with Adam Arredondo. He's the executive director of the Kansas City Startup Foundation. Oh, okay. What did you talk to him about? Well, I spoke to him about a recent report about Kansas City's top venture-backed companies in 2019. The report was produced by the Startup Foundation and Kansas City's Startland News. Hmm, interesting. So, what did you learn about this report? Uh, What were the requirements for the list? Something important to note is that this data is all self-reported. And that means that startups in Kansas City took the survey and reported these numbers. There's also a few requirements, like companies had to raise at least $1 million in venture capital. Oh, wow. $1 million in venture capital. Yep, $1 million. We spoke about the surprising numbers and trends he saw in the report and its significance to Kansas City. So what are some numbers that stand out to you in this report? A couple of things. I mean, I think the fact that we nearly doubled the amount of reported capital raised um, from last year to this year. Now, there are more companies on the list, but the average amount raised per company went up 42%. I think it's also cool to see, I mean, over 1,600 employees accounted for so it's a meaningful economic driver for jobs. Um, and, and that's without four companies reporting. The other thing to note on the $908 million raised, 10 of the 61 companies didn't report their funding. So over 15% of the companies didn't even tell us what how much they raised. So, um, I mean, it's very feasible that the 61 companies on the list have raised um, close to a billion dollars. What are some possible reasons why they wouldn't release those numbers? These companies are trying to compete sometimes against big corporations. You know, a lot of people are surprised as many shared as it did. So it's just, you know, wanting, you know, if you know, not wanting your your clients to know you're a startup. Um, I mean, some, some people are just private and don't think that's appropriate to share. But I think a lot of it is just positioning in the marketplace and not disclosing so much to give your competition more intel. So what are some interesting trends you've noticed? Well, I think some of the interesting things is roughly um, – seems like on average, these companies have raised about 50% of their capital from the Kansas City area. But the companies that have raised the most, their larger dollars are, are coming from outside of Kansas City, which isn't surprising given the fact there was 
little to no venture capital here six or seven years ago. And the capital that has organized is earlier money. So, you know, kind of proof of concept, seed, and series A. And then kind of the series B and the bigger money. Um, there's not there's not a lot of that here. So C2FO, pay it, Bardavon, uh, not Bardavon, uh, Backlot Cars. Most of their money is not from Kansas City because they've raised a lot of money. And when you get to the big numbers, most of that's coming from outside of Kansas City. I mean, you've been in the startup scene for a while in Kansas City. What have you learned and been surprised by? I mean, part of it is it, it just takes time, right? Everyone kind of expects startups. You know, they just kind of, for those that don't live it, just think these companies just blast out of nowhere and then become successful, where generally, you know, it takes seven to 10 years for most companies to exit in some way, to either be acquired or to IPO, right, to go on the stock market. Um, And, you know, most of these companies started um, around the time of Google Fiber when our startup community really took off. And so they were founded in 2012, 13, 14, most of them were, and some a few years before that. So some of it is just, it just takes time for these companies to return an investment to their investors. And I think the thing that is, you know, I'm confident in predicting is that we will see several of these companies exit in the next year or two. I mean, at this point, there's just so many of them that are reaching um, significant levels that it's just a matter of odds that we'll see a couple of meaningful exits here in the next couple of years. So, and what's cool about that is then, um, you know, when they exit, that means that the owners get paid out, the founders get paid out, and now you have entrepreneurs that have a lot more money that entrepreneurs are more likely to reinvest in entrepreneurs. And so then you really start wrapping up the engine of early stage innovation um, in Kansas City, and there really hasn't been a lot of that in the past. So that's one of the things I'm excited about um, is as some of these companies exit, um, that um, more capital will start flowing back into um, the community to catalyze more startups. What do you think a deal with C2FO and the Vision Fund means for Kansas City? Well, I mean, I think what it is, to me it's not just C2FO. Pay it, Backlog Cars, RX Savings. I mean, the top companies on there have all gotten $20-plus million from major investors not in Kansas City. But specifically to C2FO, the Vision Fund doesn't – invest in companies that they don't think can be multi-billion dollar companies. So the fact that they see something in C2FO is an enormous stamp of approval. Um, And I think, you know, C2FO at this point is a company that has the biggest exit potential, meaning, you know, the biggest potential to sell for at least a billion, if not multiple billion dollars. And again, I mean, that level of 
that level of capital coming back into Kansas City will be huge and have a ripple effect for years. Thanks for that interview, Seth. And now it's time to share our digits, the numbers that matter to you in entrepreneurial news. Isabel, what are your digits for this week? My digits are 400. A St. Louis apparel company called The Normal Brand is now carried by 400 retailers nationwide and recently opened its first retail shop in Clayton. The company was founded by St. Louis native Jimmy Sansone and began at T-Rex in downtown St. Louis. The company makes a variety of casual and athletic apparel for men and women. Seth, what are your digits? My digit is five. This is how many years the Venture Cafe of St. Louis has been in operation. The organization is hosting a fundraising event on Thursday to celebrate. Venture Cafe is a nonprofit that hosts regular events designed to connect innovators in that area. A couple more related digits. Venture Cafe says more than 38,000 people have attended its events through the years, and 3,000 hours of free educational talks have been delivered. And to finish out the podcast, we will share our quote for the road. Seth, you've got this week, right? That's right. This is a quote taken from Startland News. It's a new era out there for companies that are created by demand. It's not just, I have a great idea and I'm going to put it out there. I need a great marketer to sell it. People need something, so companies provide the solution. Look at Netflix, Uber, Tesla. They're all created because customers demanded those products. That was Alex Ochozov, Payet's new chief marketing officer. Payet's iCan app was recently named a finalist in the Fast Company's 2019 Innovation by Design Honors. The app allows users to pay vehicle registration renewals, renew driver's license, and order important records like birth certificates. And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup for Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Seth Bodine and me, Isabel Robles. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next week. And to finish out the podcast, we will share our quote. This really is not our day. I need food. Just a quote for the (laughs) road. You know what I mean. (laughs) I need a quote for the road.